Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm a little nervous, so shouldn't be, but for some reason I am, because I know y'all are moms like me, so, <laughs> and going through what I've gone through. But I wanted to um, just thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me here. Thank you for bringing me back to where the Lord has done so much in my life here at um, this church. I need to put on my glasses so I could read. This is what's happened. This happens. I know some of y'all have glasses, and you'll always had them, but for some of us, we just started needing them. <laughs> And these are trifocals, so if I turn my head too fast, I might fall down. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you got to watch that. All right, so um, I just want to thank y'all for, if you're here, obviously you love your family, you love your children, and you want to do that in the best way to honor the Lord. So I want to thank you for the sacrifices you make every day for your family, for your children, whether you work in the home, out the home. Um, we all work. We, <laughs> I hate the, qu- the question, what do you do? Well, I'm a mom, and I happen to stay home, you know, but I'm a mom that stays home, so you don't do anything. I'm like, oh, no, actually, I'm a nurse. I never sleep. I, you know, I counsel. I clean. I cook. I do many things, so many things I can't write them down. But um, it's like, how can you, you know, I don't know. I used to work outside of the home. I, um, I'll tell you a little bit about, about me real quick, but first I was a single mom with my daughter Katie for 10 and a half years. I got saved when my husband left. She was only about six months old at the time. My sister had gotten saved in high school and, um, we were pretty big partiers in high school. And one night we were at the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't even know if y'all know what that is. You don't, don't go look it up. Okay. But do not go. Okay. But one night we're there throwing toast. And the next day she's saved and crazy. And my mother's weeping. She's joined a cult. And she's telling me, if you're not saved, you'll never go to the heaven. And I said, oh, the word saved is not even in the Bible. Like I ever read the Bible. <laughs> She never read the Bible because she didn't know it was in there either. So she couldn't tell me where it was. I was like, it's not even in there. And she's looking at me, you know, um, thank the Lord. She didn't give up on me and she did share the gospel with me. So when my husband did walk out at when Katie was six months old, I prayed to receive Christ because of her pouring in to me. So that was a wonderful thing. And then I was a single mom, um, for 10 years with Katie, 10 and a half, and then met Jeff and got married. And God blessed us with five more kids. That was not my plan, but I'm so, so thankful. And as I see y'all with these little babies, and I saw a lot of the little kids running in the back, that gives my heart joy because I am having so much fun today with them in a different season. I have new challenges today. Now, I really do live with four teenage girls. I don't know about that. <laughs> when, I had, when I had Beth, I think it was Keith or Gina. I think it was Keith. He gave me the certificate pretending it was stock in the Tampex company, you know. And I thought, what a weird joke. That wasn't weird. I should have bought stock on that day. <clears throat> But um, 
I did buy an awful lot of chocolate, which does help when you don't have stock. Um, chocolate does help, you know. It's Katie, some of y'all know my oldest daughter, Katie, she's 29. She was in high school having a total emotional breakdown one day. And I said, you really need these chocolate kisses. And um, you need to take a nap. I will be glad to talk to you when you wake up. And she looks at me, she goes, I, some of y'all know, y'all could hear her saying this. I am a Christian. I am not going to be dependent on chocolate for my mental stability. <laughs> she eats chocolate today, just literally. And I was like, I don't want you to be dependent on chocolate. I want you to depend on the Lord, but you haven't had enough sleep. And obviously, you're hormonal. So here, eat this. Just two. Just two. Take your nap. You know. So um, I did uh, homeschool for um, 15 years. And right now, they are all in school. And um, God has taught me many things through all of these seasons. So I have prayed to be able to share some of what I've learned with y'all and have prayed for y'all. It is a tough decision to have children today. Lots of children. It's fun. It's great. It's a huge blessing. But you do get looks when you go to the store, right? You get the comments. Don't you know where they come from? Yes, actually, I do. Don't you have a television I'm like, yes, but not in the bedroom. (laughs) Don't put a television in the bedroom. It's just not good for your marriage. Keep the TV in the den where it needs to be. Um, So you do get, you know, I'd be walking all of them through the store. There are some stores you learn not to go to, right? Economical is a great grocery store way out on David Drive, but it is not a store for children. The aisles are super close together. And... I don't think you can fit one basket down the aisle, much less a basket with five children. And every old person goes shopping there. It's like the senior citizen grocery store. So I'm walking through, and old people are just in my way. I mean, I'm a mom, right? I've got 20 minutes to do two weeks of shopping. And I really am supposed to be somewhere else in 10. So really? So I'm running, trying to run through this store because I can't cook dinner unless I get the stuff that I have. And all these old people are looking at me. They're saying, oh, bless you. <laughs> and I'm like, he has. He has blessed me. You know? <laughs> and so it is, it is, um, it has been a lot of fun. It really has. There's been very hard days. There's been tears. But there's been so much laughter. And um, I just want to thank y'all for making that sacrifice and committing yourself to raise your family in a way that honors the Lord. Um, I want to talk about freedom to persevere in the joy of motherhood. Because when we are in the thick of motherhood, it's sometimes hard to have joy. And I think in this particular season, with sickness going around, right? We have the flu going around. We have RSV going around. We have strep throat going around. We have a lot of diseases going around. And so it's hard to stay joyful in motherhood. So I have a couple questions before I start. Do you have joy? Do you have joy at home? Do you have joy at work if your family is somewhere else? Do you have joy in your marriage? Do you have joy in your children? And as we think about that, we think about what is joy. Joy is different from happiness. Happiness is a happenstance, right? Some things make me happy. A chocolate cake could make me happy. (laughs) 
for a few minutes. Um, winning the lottery, I don't really buy lottery tickets, but I perceive that one day winning the lottery would make me happy because doesn't money take away all problems? It doesn't, but don't we believe that sometimes? There are many things that would make me happy. Um, when my daughters do something great, of course, that makes me happy. When they have a victory, I'm very happy. When they're struggling, I'm not so happy. You know, when we run out of money in our budget and we have to eat meatballs. Oh, well, I'm sorry. When we have to eat peanut butter and jelly and a lot of eggs to get through the month. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, kids. It's week four. <laughs> the budget starts over on the 24th. On the 24th, we can go get that. You know, and they're like... We can't make cookies until the 24th. No, no, um, peanut butter, peanut butter would be a good choice. Last night, Amelie's opened the refrigerator. What dessert items do we have? I'm like, none. No, no dessert today. But I do have these bananas right here. <clears throat> I don't want a banana. I have grapes. Grapes is good. You know, he's like, no, no, no. So there are many things that rob our joy and difficult times. We don't always have happiness, but we can always have joy because joy comes from the Lord. Joy comes from knowing what the Lord is doing in our life and in our family. Happiness comes and goes um, because it's an emotion and sadness is an emotion. Those things come and go. But joy can stay in every emotion that you have because our joy is in the Lord. So how do I get joy? The first thing is contentment. I looked up contentment in the dictionary. So in the, well, I did not open a dictionary. I thought about it because I do have several, but I said, I'm going to do what everybody does. I'm going to look online. So dictionary.com says that, uh, contentment is the state of being contented. That didn't help me. Satisfaction, (laughs) satisfaction and ease of mind. The Bible dictionary said to be free from care because of satisfaction with what is already yours, what you already own. That was better. But then the Greek definition was by far my favorite. It's an inward satisfaction. It's the habit or the permanent state in your mind of being content with where the Lord has you. That was my favorite definition because... I can be content when I'm in a storm. I can be content in sickness. I can be content in health. Um, In Philippians 4, it says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We're going to have all of those. I know y'all know this already because you have children, but there's a time where we become a Christian. We think life's going to be great now. You know, isn't that the Christian way? You have more peace, more happiness. You know, <laughs> you know? it's going to save me from my horrible things. Most of us came to Christ from a pit. And it did save us from that pit. It truly did. But it didn't save us from hardship. It didn't save us from difficult days. I loved what Tiffany said last time she spoke to y'all. And she was talking about thinking. That was awesome. 
um, where she said, a bad day doesn't make a bad life. I just really liked that. I liked, I was very shocked by her numbers, where she said, um, 95% of our thoughts today we had yesterday, and 80% of them are negative. (laughs) I thought, since I heard her say that two weeks ago, I listened to it. I've been thinking, am I thinking negative now? Was that negative? Did I really think 80% 80 negative things today? Because I love me too much, I don't think it was 80. But But it could have been 78%. So, um, but, you know, I was amazed at that. And thinking goes right along with this. Okay, so what we think does affect our contentment. So if you didn't hear her, please go back and listen. It was a huge blessing. But there are many things in our life today. Our culture today attacks our joy. And so in our culture today, we have to fight for the joy and fight against listening to our culture. The Mommy Wars thing that Ashley read, I really was thinking of reading, which is funny because I was praying even last night, do I read that? Do I... Do I read out of this book? And the Lord told me no, so I'm glad I'm glad he did. I would have had to really wing it up here if I would. But that book, um, just to let you know, it is a free book on DesiringGod.com, and I know that Ashley's going to post that link, but you can download that to any device. And I know you're thinking, I don't have time to read a book. Because I was where you are, and I had no time to read a book. Um, However, I love that book, because the pamphlet she wrote out is a whole chapter. It's one of the only books you could actually read for just 10 minutes, and you finished an entire chapter. I was like, whoa, today I did two chapters. This is good, you know. A very wise woman said one time, if you don't read at all, at the end of the year, you will have read nothing and feel bad that you haven't learned and you haven't read anything. But if you only read 15 minutes a day, just 15 minutes, at the end of the year, you might have finished two great books. And it's like, okay, I can do 15 minutes. I can find 15 minutes. I can ask, most of you probably could ask your husband, either do 15 minutes when the kids are asleep. When you have five, they don't all sleep at the same time. (laughs) So then you beg your husband, your mother, your neighbor... Could you watch this child for 15 minutes? I need to read. (laughs) Um, But try to find 15 minutes. So you could read a chapter or two in 15 minutes. And that book is actually a combination of blogs. It is a combination of several women who some work outside of the home, some work inside of the home. They're all mothers. And they all um, have grown in their value of home. But it's so encouraging to hear them talk about motherhood. And so that will be a most encouraging book. Another great book would be um, one from Elizabeth Elliot. I just lost It'll come back to me in a minute. But it's Keep a Quiet Heart from Elizabeth Elliot. Y'all, I had that book on the back of my toilet. You know, men read when they go to the bathroom. I I never did. I'm like, I can't sit there long enough. This is too much information. Can I cover this? Anyway, there's good reasons not to sit down when you've had babies for long. So (laughs) I did not sit to read that book. I just went to the bathroom, closed the door, ignored the little fingers. And I said, I just need to read one chapter so I don't kill anybody. I just, (laughs) let me just read this so I can get through today. Um, Very short chapters. You could read a whole 
chapter in that book in two minutes probably, but very encouraging. Those got me through the Bible and those two books have gotten me through many tough times. So um, the culture, what are some of the myths the culture tells us? Now, what Ashley said, said some of these things already, but they're so true. It tells us um, many things. If we stay home, it tells us that we're given up on our life and we're given up on our career. We're given up on happiness and we're given up on our purpose for life. If we work outside of the home, some, when you come to church, you hear, you work. How can you take care of your family? God has grace for wherever he has called us, and we are called to different places. We need to respect that in each other and respect the giftings that God has given to each other. And make sure in this, as I was praying, mommy wars, what can I give these ladies about the mommy wars? The mommy wars, it talks about health and beauty. If um, we're supposed, like, everything that Ashley read, we need to be beautiful. We need to be fit. We need to feed our children organic only food. I don't know. I know. Do y'all know? I know you know this. I don't mean this disrespectful. But everything that grows is organic. Just is. It just is. So feeding organic food or not, um, dressing your kids in a certain way. If you dress them well today, they'll be successful tomorrow. But if you dress them the way, a certain way today, you'll look like a good mom. I cried many days coming into this church because my daughters didn't look good. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know Molly, but she's, okay, so Molly and Beth have challenged me, so I have, at home, I have Lane, who is 18, Molly is 16, driving, Beth, uh, Amelie's 15, wanting to go to driver's ed, Beth is 13, wanting to wear makeup, and then Owen's 10, so <laughs> Molly and Beth had a way of making me look really bad. Really, uh, so did Owen, really. Owen made me look like I beat him every day. <laughs> he fell down. He had a black eye like every week. If he didn't have a black eye, he had a bump on his head. I'm like, I don't beat him. I just don't. <laughs> Molly decided if I look dirty, mom will be real humble. So I would dress her up. We would not have any food anywhere. I would put her in the car. We'd get to church. I don't, I don't know. What, what, what was that? What is on your dress? What happened? She would not have her ponytail in anymore, like hanging fair in your face was like in for her. <laughs> Beth was just out there. Beth was just hanging from the rafters. You know, it was like, where's Beth? You know, she just was, they, I have six completely different children. They're all different. Same parenting skills. They're all different. But they're challenging. So anyway, so dressing them, then parenting them, then Really, even today, our husband's availability to help us instead of us helping them, huge. We are their helpmates. They're not really ours, but mothering is hard and we want help. Um, But we need to keep that in perspective. God really didn't make them our helpmates. He made us theirs, and we need to try. That's a whole other sermon for a whole day. Um, But husbands today, someone asked me, did Jeff? Go to the doctor's visits with you. I was like, what? <laughs> Jeff had a job. Uh, you mean he didn't take off? Like, they wouldn't give him off? I mean, he's a pastor. I'm like, I went to the doctor all the time. 
He no, he didn't take off. Now, if it was serious, he kept, he took off. They were seriously sick. He took off. Uh, I I did um, have a couple of miscarriages and some high risk pregnancies, and there were times he came, but there were times he could not come. He had a job, and that's okay. Husbands aren't supposed to go to every doctor visit. Some don't go to any, and that's okay. If your husband works and can't go to a doctor's visit, free him. Don't. It's okay. Someone needs to make money so we can live. Uh, I, I had another mom. She was crying, and this is. I don't mean this mockingly because I know we're more compassionate. We have hormones. God's designed us in a certain way. And this little mom was crying, and she was like, "He's just missing everything. He's missing the first crawl. He's." Missing walking, missing the first words. He's just missing all this, and I just wish he was here. I said, I can understand that totally. But if he was here, you wouldn't be here. (laughs) You would have nowhere to live. You would have no food. Um, God designed it that way. He's called them to work. And so take a picture. We've got a a lot of cameras. Take a picture, but free our husbands to work and do what God's called them to do and do what we're called to do. So... Anyway, so within the mommy wars, comparisons rob our contentment. And within the church, as I was praying, I think the Lord wanted me to tell all of us that the mommy wars aren't only in our negative comparison, because we do do that, right? If my kids could dress like that, life would be happier. If my house looked like this, life would be happier. Why are my kids running around like crazy and hers just sitting there? What is she doing? You know, I think we start comparing because we want to be good moms. We really want to do the right thing. So we start looking at others and what they're doing, and we want them to do the right. We want to do the right thing, but then we get defeated, right? So we need to understand that God gives us grace where he has us, you know, and that's a a really big thing. But mommy wars affect many different things, and, and Ashley brought up the nursing There are many areas in a church where I want us to be on both, to think on both sides of that. As a mom, I can make other moms feel bad unintentionally. And I can do that by what I'm talking about. I can do that because I use essential oils and, you know, we never get sick. Now, essential oils work. I use them. So I do use them. However, Not everybody can afford essential oils. It's very expensive. And everybody's not in the same season of life. And you don't need all of them necessarily, just maybe a few. Either way, you don't need them at all. (laughs) You need the Lord, right? Um, But when we talk about nursing or not nursing, our methods of potty training, um, anything, whether we homeschool or we don't homeschool, We can hold what we choose to do so strongly that we make it gospel and we think that people who don't do those are wrong and we can make them feel like they've failed. People have left this church because they felt like if they weren't nursing, they weren't doing the right thing. If a little mom's in the nursing mom's room and she can't nurse and she's using a bottle, don't give her ideas of how to make this work. She's already cried about it. She's already tried. Just say, you know what? God's sovereign. And thank the Lord they came up with formula. What? (laughs) 
And, you know, hey, some formula has more nutrition than breast milk. So, hey, you know, preemies get formula on purpose, you know. So it's, one is not wrong. And I think sometimes we hold our convictions and in, when we do that and in our zeal to share our conviction, we could be keeping the mommy wars going and making people feel bad. And, that, and homeschooling is one of these ones. I've homeschooled. I homeschooled for many, many years, and now my kids are in school. I loved homeschooling. I would do it again. I'm so glad they're in school. <laughs> and I'm not doing it anymore. Um, but I'm still praying, do I do it next year? You know, is it time for Owen to come home? We take it one year at a time. But homeschooling's not for everybody. Some people need school. Some people don't. It's okay to put them in school and to take them back out. Put them in, take them out. <laughs> That's okay. We have the right to do that, right? Um, I did that with a couple of them. But Owen today needs school. He is lazy. He is a great little kid. He listens well, but he wants to play video games. And he, and he just doesn't want to do his schoolwork. And so we would fight all day long. That's not a Christian atmosphere. It is not a Christian atmosphere. And he's like, just last week, can I be homeschooled? I'm like, no, son, I love you too much. <laughs> you will die. I just... <laughs> Once you, once you prove to me that you will sit down and do your work, I will homeschool you. But until your room's clean, we ain't going there. So, um, you know, it's not always for everybody. Amelie went into school. She had to come out for three more years. It wasn't for her. And then because of different health issues that she had, the doctor said, you need to put her back in school. I didn't want to do that. But I did, and she's flourishing. Beth had to come home, go back. You know, Molly and Lane couldn't wait to get out. They're like, get me in school, whatever it takes. So I don't want to run out of time. But um, so in our mommy wars, what I want to ask you to do is pray about how you hold your convictions of your mommy methods and your parenting methods and make sure that you are building up people in the church. I do have a, the scripture verse for that, but um, we'll get to that because it's later in my notes. However, you want, we want to make sure we're building one another up to loving good works, right? We want to encourage people, and we don't want to hold our convictions that aren't biblical. We don't want to make anything we do at the level of the Bible. Does that make sense? So if we hold it too tightly, we condemn others around us. And we don't even mean to. It's not purposeful, but we do. So personally, I have decided as, um, as a pastor's wife not to talk about essential oils in church. Really. Um, because people think if I don't do what she does, I'm not doing it right. And all of a sudden, you know, they are thinking they have to do this standard. And it's like, no. You know, people ask me, oh, do you do oils? I'm like, yeah, but don't tell anybody. (laughs) Keeping that on the down low. I did get upset the other day. Well, I didn't get upset. But 
I've always used melaleuca oil. I don't know if y'all heard of melaleuca, but melaleuca was around way before essential oils were anything. And so I've actually been using tea tree oil for 28 years for everything, you know. And it's the same kind of company. It's a pyramid. Sell it. People join under you. You're going to be rich. (laughs) So um, I knew the Lord told me right away, you are not going to sell anything. It's spiritual manipulation. You just can't do it. So I'm not going to sell Pampered Chef. I'm not going to sell jewelry. I'm not going to sell Mary Kay, even though I've gone to some Mary Kay parties. I'm not going to sell any of that stuff, although those were good things from my home. But for me, this isn't for any of y'all. Sell away. That's fine. But for me, in what God has called me to do, I felt like that would not serve the people that were around me at the time. And I don't really want to sell anything. So anyway, this one young girl who I would buy the oils for, my oil for, and give it to her for years, 10, 15 years. Um, all of a sudden, she joins to sell. Not under me. I'm like, what? <laughs> then she gets my mother to join under her. Okay, and my aunt... And half of y'all. I'm like, what? Who bought you your first oil? I have no one under me. But if she would have been under me, free products. Free products. She's like, oh, I'll give you all of them. I'm like, no, I don't want any of them. The Lord is supplying for me, and you need this as your job. I'm really okay. But my daughter's like, we could have free products, Mom. I'm like, yeah. It's okay. That's not my calling. I'm not a salesperson. But um, so I want to encourage you, be careful in how you hold those convictions. None of those things are wrong. School's not wrong. Homeschool's not wrong. Breastfeeding's not wrong, of course. Nursing's not wrong. Whatever we choose, we need to go to the Lord, pray about it, talk to our husbands, obviously. Is this what our family's called to do? And then do it without comparing, without shame, and without putting it on somebody else. I hope that made sense. Um, As we do that, we're going to find joy, and we're going to actually help giving joy to others that are around us. So we definitely want to do that. When we, Another thing that I really had to touch on is... Just as we're comparing, my pages are all in the wrong order, y'all. If y'all are looking, what is she so confused about? I didn't number my pages. <laughs> number your pages, ladies. It's me. Um, so, one huge, as we talked about it, comparison, when we start comparing, to, we instantly start sinning. Comparison is always sin. We're it's always sin. In Philippians, it also tells us, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than ourselves. If we're, as we start comparison, comparing, we then start being selfish. We then start wanting what those other people have or do. And when we can't, that breeds discontentment in our hearts. We might ask ourselves, you know, or tell ourselves, if I do what they do, my problems will be gone. Um, It breeds counterfeit gods. It breeds things that we would 
honor and worship other than God. As we think about idolatry, none of us are thinking, oh, it is not idolatry to breastfeed. It really can be. Because idolatry is anything that speaks to us louder than God. I am not saying don't breastfeed. God designed it. If you can do it, please do it. It's great. What I'm saying is that if I'm so upset that I can't, or I'm so you know, into breastfeeding and going to help everybody do it at any cost, and they're wrong if they give up, then I, that's becoming an idol. It's speaking louder than God. So an idol is anything that speaks louder than God. And if we worship anything, that becomes our idol. We're built to worship. We're designed to worship. We will worship. No matter what, we're going to worship something. If we worship power, we're always going to feel like we're not strong enough. We're always going to feel weak. If we worship money, we're never going to have enough. If we worship material possessions, we'll never have enough. If we worship our appearance, we're never pretty enough, thin enough. Then we get old. We're never young enough. Um, If we worship our children and what they look like, what they do, their accomplishments, they will never be good enough, and they will feel it. They will feel it. So we do not want to run after false securities and false gods. We want to be able to be satisfied in Christ. And as we're satisfied in God, that brings peace, rest, and contentment. And that's when we can truly become who God has created us to be. We are then free to love others, to encourage others, to do what they're called to do. And we're free from envy. We're free from discouragement. And that's really where we want to be. You know, that's our main thing. There are tools that people use today. I don't want to, I know y'all are going to cringe when I say this, but one of the biggest distractions for me when I was a mom was my telephone, but I didn't have this phone. I had a phone on the wall. I literally stood in the kitchen and talked on the phone. (laughs) I did not have a phone till I was probably 36 years old. I know that's shocking, but it's just true. <laughs> so when a lot of, some of y'all were in the youth group, I was, I had the phone on the wall. I remember Abby came over one day, Abby Laura, she came over one day. If y'all know her, she's a young lady that comes here and it was a dial phone on the floor, on the kitchen wall. She's like, Miss Kathy, can I use your phone? I'm like, sure. So you put your finger in and you bring it all the way over to that little curly thing. And then you let it go and it goes back down. And then you go to the next number. So, of course, the number starts with an eight. So she starts at eight, goes all the way around, takes her finger out, and it goes back. Then she starts at the eight again, goes around, but stops too soon. I'm like, oh, you just dialed a seven. Just hang up. Got to start over. Start all the way over. After four tries, she's like, could you do it? like, sure, I'll dial the phone. So, but even though I didn't have this phone and the distractions of this phone, that phone on the wall was distracting. Friends would call, people would call. And if I was on the phone with somebody, I would find myself getting very irritated with my children because they were distracting me. Um, That wasn't honoring the Lord. The Lord convicted me quickly. Kathy, put that phone down. Love your children. Find joy in your children. Schedule phone time. It was not wrong to talk to my friends. That wasn't wrong. That just was not necessarily the right time. 
So I wanted to make sure that I was not getting frustrated with them. My sister told me one time, I told her, they just don't listen to me. I'm frustrated. I am yelling. She just looked at me. She was like, Kathy, you don't have a discipline. You don't have a bad child problem. You have a parenting problem. <laughs> you're distracted and you're, you're not consistent. And other things are more important than them. Put those things down. Love them. Enjoy them. And do the other things at different times. So when I was homeschooling, I would not answer the phone until after 3 o'clock. I would give them playtime. Then I'd call somebody back. Um, if it was an emergency, I had a code. Ring twice. Hang up. Ring again. You know, and then I would pick up um, if that happened. Did not ever know who was on the other line. Could have been anybody. Because you just didn't have... I didn't have caller ID. <laughs> so I could sit there and go, who's that? Is, maybe that's Jeff. Maybe I should pick that up. But I, I got derailed often. So we don't want to do that. I'm checking the t- I know I'm running close on time. So I'm going to go over some scripture verses with y'all and read the conclusion. As we put our hope in Christ, um, well, let me read it from the, so I don't say it incorrectly, but at the very heart of the gospel is sacrifice. There is perhaps no other occupation intrinsically more sacrificial than motherhood and being a wife. We are called to lay down our life all the time. And that's what Christ did in the gospel. Your testimony to the gospel in the little details of your life is more valuable to your children than you could ever imagine. If you tell them the gospel, but you live for yourself, they'll never believe it. They're not going to believe it. Um, Give your life for them every day. Lay down your fears. Lay down your reputation. Lay down not having enough, not doing enough. Lay down your, your perfect picture of a perfect home, family, clothes, furniture, or whatever that might be. Cling to the cross, and you'll find more joy, laughter, more freedom on the other side of the death of those things than you could ever imagine. In Romans 4, um, God promises us. He, I, he promises to... Give us everything that we need. And so in Romans it says, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promises of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what God had promised to do. Isn't that great? God has promised to give us everything we need and to take care of every need and to guide us in everything he's called us to do and to equip us. If we're called to work outside of the home, he's going to equip us to be great mothers and wives and work outside the home. If we're called to work inside the home, he's going to equip us and give us everything we need. And our hope and our joy is in that promise. In Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in, in glory in Christ Jesus. And in Luke, last one, it says, And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and all these will be added to you. Those are the things that if we hold on to these, we will have joyful homes, and we'll be blessed as we watch our kids grow. Thank you.